again, Dwayne Brummett here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you again today, sir. Hey, good to be with you always, Dwayne. And it's funny, you know, normally we do our calls and we don't really see each other, but now we've been doing these Facebook Lives, so I get to see you every Monday morning, which is awesome. <laughs> Is it is it better to see my face or just hear my voice? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, good, it's good to see friends that you like, you know, and, and you know, it, it's, it is different to see each other because you can see mannerisms, you know, and that's a big, that's a big problem. So this morning I was driving my daughter to school and I was wa- uh, listening to uh, NPR, which is a very political radio station, but they had on TED TV and they talked about, um, they talked about cyborg mentality, like we are becoming cyborgs, and they say it's not like you would see in an old science fiction movie, um, but it was more about like how we're connected and interconnected to our our electronics, our, our cell phones, you know, and it was interesting, then they started rattle, rattling off sound effects that we hear on a daily basis, like you, someone just liked your tweet on Twitter, you have a new like on Facebook, you know, uh, and then they did the sounds of, you know, a text message coming in and your phone vibrating, and, and you actually could feel the, you know, the addiction to look at your phone, even though you're listening to a radio station, and they were saying that we're retaining less and less information, especially the younger generation, because they don't need to retain it, they could Google it, they could get an answer within like a flash, like my daughter, she just like, you know, oh, oh yeah, dad, I don't believe you, I'll make up some funny story, and she Googled she said, you're wrong, you know, and she, she has information at her fingertips that we never had when we were younger. I mean, so, but it's also making us, uh, I guess, making our brains lazy and our bodies a little lazy. It's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, you're nicer than me. I would say dumber, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and today, you know, I, I thought, like, I was out sick. I, I got sick. I, we had a tournament last Sunday. I've been out sick since Sunday night. And, um, you know, stubborn me, I'm going to heal, I'm a vegetarian, vegan, you know, I'm going to let my body do its own thing. I finally went to the doctor after being sick for like four and a half days and got an antibiotic from the doctor and I was starting to feel better already. I'm kind of about 75% now, but the topic is contingency plans because I was proud that I was able to just take an entire week off and not have to worry. And I actually had staff members emailing and texting me, how you feeling? I hope you're okay. But n- not really, you know, that much going on. The first day, though, they were a little reliant and dependent on me, asking me questions, telling me about issues. And, and you know, uh, we just had one of our head instructors of one of my schools leave recently. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of kind of slapback from that. Parents miss him. They, you know, they, they join because of him. They love him. So we have to get over this hump. We may lose a few people, and we have to redo things slightly. But um, I, I thought of, like, what is everyone else's contingency plan? What do they do when when stuff hits the fan? Or what are they going to do for the future, so on and so forth? What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, um, I, how deep do you want to go with this topic? <laughs> Well, I know we could go deep and we could probably talk in, you know, six or seven episodes, but I, I think for school owners, let, let's go as deep as it takes to give this, the, the people who are listening, whether they're a business owner of a, of a delicatessen, a coffee shop, or a martial arts school, it's all the same, right? Um, so what is it going to take for, you know, for them to have this kind of plan in place where just in case they need it, it it's going to, you know, be there for them so that, you know, they don't have to be forced to always be there. And it doesn't matter if you don't right. even have employees. You don't even have to have employees, right? You could still have people in place that will help you, a support system, so to speak. Yeah, well, I think it all starts out with um, you, you have to 
Look at your, you have to uh, look at your business. Well, begin with the end in mind is the first thing that I was going to say. And what I right. mean by that is um, I've, got to, I've got to view my business in such a way so that when I build it, um, it is sellable. And mm-hmm. sellable means that, you know, let's say you're not even a martial artist. You could actually come in and see that this is a good investment and buy my business, and yet it would still run even right. though you yourself are not a martial artist. So that's the first and foremost is I believe, you know, in order to create a contingency plan, there's a lot of things that have to happen prior to that. And the first is what's my end game, meaning, you know, uh, I need to create – uh, the idea that I'm building this so that I can sell it later. Whether or not you ever sell it or not is, is irrelevant, but when you take it from that standpoint that you're going to build it in such a way that you are, are able to sell it, even if you don't want to, then what happens is you're going to become a systems-driven business. Now, that's not to say that you take out the human element because you don't ever want to do that, but like we've talked on other calls before, Anywhere from 80 to even 98% of the business really can be systematized uh, for a martial arts school. And we don't think of it that way sometimes. You know, I'll give you a, a real quick story was uh, this year I took myself, uh, and I've been talking about this, and I've had things in place for years uh, to do this, but I've been scared to do it, is to take myself out of the business. And, right. um, you know, the, 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 the problem for me was I was scared uh, to, you know, to not be there when something happened or the crap hit the fan or whatever, you know, whatever it was. And so right. the, uh, the, but, but I, I, I really started thinking about that, that this year. And I, I told my head instructor, I had a conversation with him and I think we're not online anymore. Um, yeah, I think I, I saw that too, Dwayne, cause I think I, I see that I signed back in and then you're frozen on screen for a while for me when I'm looking at it on Facebook live. Yeah, I think I lost my internet on this on this side. <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah, no, I think my internet went down. Yeah, it did. Well, that's technology. I guess, you know, people can listen to it on the podcast and we'll put something um uh up there so we're not live anymore. Uh and we'll see if it picks back up. I don't know if my internet'll pick back up or not. And if it does great, then you know. Okay. You want me to you want me to continue or what? Yeah, or do you, you want, if we could, we could start it over again. It's up to you, and, and then get started. Well, it looks like, um, it looks like my internet just kicked back on, so I guess maybe we give it just a few seconds. Okay. And we'll, we'll see what happens. I hate losing my place though, you know, when you, when you've got that, right. that idea going. Yeah, I'm signed in to the, uh, to the, you know, uh, video portion of it, so. Okay. Well, it does. It does. It looks like back. you're. Looks like you're. Yeah, it looks like you're yeah. kicking back in. You? Yeah, and it's flipping back and forth on the Facebook Live, which is interesting because your um, your your picture is frozen, but mine seems yep. to be so interesting. Anyway, sorry guys. So whoever's listening, we apologize. A little technology glitch, but uh, you know we're here with you still. So we we apologize if it's uh, messing things up at all. Yeah, and I'm just typing in here that, uh, sorry for the technical difficulties, we'll be back on in a sec. So, did you log back in? I'm logged back in. I see myself being logged in right now. I see that you, I'm on the bottom. 
It says technical difficulties be back on in a second. Yeah, I just put that in there, so. Okay. Well, I mean, I see my picture, can, and I, I think that it sees me because I'm seeing it on Facebook right now. Yeah, I don't see you. It's very odd. Should I close out and redo it? Oh, there you are. And I no, see you no, I think, I think, yeah, I think we're good now. Okay. All right. So, so I don't know where where it left off, but let, let's recap for you. I'm... Yeah, let's start again. I'll just I'll just remind the listeners. You know, we're we're talking about you know me unfortunately being out sick for an entire week. Um, and, and this has happened before. I used to go to Japan for months at a time, and then my entire school would run on its own. Um, but the the fortunate part about you know I you know I was homesick. And my team was great. You know, yeah, the first day they were texting me every second. I finally had to have my head instructor tell everybody, stop asking me questions because I was answering their questions and getting frustrated and, and I was trying to rest and heal. Um, but then the next few days they were just self-reliant. So it's about sometimes them understanding that they can make decisions. On their own. And we, as owners, have to have a uh, a contingency plan, right? Always have something in place where, you know, an instructor leaves or, you know, hey, listen, God forbid, I had one of my head instructors pass away, uh, and, uh, you know, years ago. And, uh, it was quite devastating, you know, to the school. And, uh, he actually died and passed away while training. Uh, and it was, you know, one of the only times anything like that had ever happened. But it was, uh, it was a major to do. Um, and, uh, thank God we had a support system. We had people who could step in. We had people who were good to talk to others. And, you know, you gotta start thinking. And you started talking about, you know, the e-myth type mentality. You know, having a company and building it. You were starting to talk about how, you know, you have to build it as if it were, you know, uh, you know, you didn't have to be there at all if you were gonna sell it as, you know, as putting it up as a franchise or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and uh, and so um, for years I've been wanting to do this where I pull myself out of the business. Um, but like I said, the first thing is you, you have to build it in such a way that you can sell it, like you said, create the systems that are going to drive, um, again, anywhere from 80 to, you know, 98% of your business so that you as, as the owner do not have to be involved um, in that. But again, I asked you at the beginning of this, how deep do you want to go? Yeah. But that's where – you know, and we're not going to go this deep, but that's where you have got to create the systems for what's going to happen on the floor, the systems for what's going to happen in the office, the systems right. for what's going to happen on the marketing. Uh, and, and so those are three primary legs, um, but you also have systems for retail and a whole bunch of other stuff. But anyways, um, so you're going to do that with that in mind and create that. The other thing is, like the first thing I did was I took myself out of the front desk, uh, answering the phone and all of that, uh, all of those systems. Now I used to still do, and we used to do where you would come in and do like two introductory lessons and, and then we'd sign you up and I would physically do those. Um, so in order for me to do those on the rate that I was able to do them, that I wanted to be able to do them, I had to duplicate myself and delegate uh, the floor, meaning the teaching. Now, when I first did that, what I did was I uh, had my instructors start teaching the higher-level students, and I would still teach the beginners. And I quickly found out that that was the wrong thing to do because I had the uh, older people that had been with me for four 
years, you know, before Black Belt and all that other stuff where I, I, did, I had done that switch, they were angry um, that I wasn't the one that was teaching them anymore. And so uh, after probably about three to six months, I can't give you a date, but three to six months of, of listening to that, trying to get them on board, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to go back and start teaching them. And if it takes me four years to get, you know, because in our system it takes four years, you know, in our school it takes four years to get the black belt. So if I start these instructors teaching at the black belt level and then, um, um, you know, move on up. And somebody said in here that there's a huge echo. It's Paul Paul is on there. Um, I asked him if it's any better now, but I don't I don't know. Um, he didn't answer, but we'll we'll see. He said it's kind of hard to understand. Okay. I, I don't know. Uh, on Facebook, it says technically we're back. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. And you and you said, is that any better? You put that on my screen, like as if you were talking to me. But anyway. Okay. Well, I just I just wrote it into the Facebook uh, Live too. So let's see. If we, yeah, uh, that's what you want to do it. So, um, so anyhow, I, I, I put the instructors at the beginner level and then started slowly working myself out of that position. Um, and then I was, I, I wanted to take myself out of, totally out of, you know, being the one that's doing the intros and stuff like that. So I don't have the quote-unquote introductory lessons, the one-on-one -on -one lessons that I had before. Uh, what I do now is, um, you know, I have them right into class, and I systematized the marketing approach for them, you know, the whole sign-up process, and and that's a whole other, you know, another call or another series of calls to to go over that. But but it's sales letters, you know. I uh, most of my sales is done on the floor and also the letters that they receive. Um, and and so this year is the first year that I have taken myself out uh, in total. And 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 I remember sitting down the first week of the year I was there, um, only because my program director had that week off. And so I was helping to cover that, that position, uh, a little bit. And also we had those karate for Christmas people that were coming in. So I didn't want to, uh, not be there. But, uh, and then I pulled myself out of it. And so for the rest of this month, I haven't been there, uh, to teach classes except maybe I covered, um, I don't know. Oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. I went in for sparring week last week just because I wanted to go in and do it. I didn't have to be there, but I went in for two classes, uh, to, to, to do that. So all that to say, uh, I had a conversation with my instructor, my head instructor at the beginning of the year, and I said, you know, I've never pulled myself out, and I wanted to do it, um, but but I had a fear that, you know, things were going to fall, that they weren't going to hold up. But the only way to test that was to remove myself from the, you know, from being there. And then I told him, I said, but I said, I think I lied to myself. I, I, I think what the real thing was is I'm, I'm scared to not be needed anymore yeah. because this is my baby. And that really, that really hit me to go, you know, and it was nice because he said to me, you know, you, well, you are needed, you know, um, and these are the areas that you're needed in. I mean, you still do the marketing, you know, you still do the special events and you still, you know, uh, make connections with the parents that nobody else are able to make because you're the owner. So it was nice to hear that from him. So where does that start? That starts for the mindset of your first contingency or the, the first part of your plan for your contingency plan is that you have to come with the mindset of, of this has to be a business uh, that I can sell later. Right. Then the next thing is you got to set systems in place 
um, for your office and then for your floor. You need to have a good, if you, whatever you call it, leadership team, storm team, teaching team, whatever it is. Um, and, and the way that I did it was I started out with, uh, with kids and storm team and I taught these, um, you know, kids before they were teenagers. Once they became teenagers, they became, then they, or when they became teenagers, let's say by 15, I hired them and then they became my instructors for four years while they were in high school and I keep repeating that process. Um, with my with my storm team, and then I had to come up with a strategic way, um, a systematized way to then also teach my staff. Uh, and I do that personally. I go in every Friday, and I because our our staff meetings are on Fridays, and I go in every Friday and have a staff meeting with them. Uh, would I have to do that? No. Uh, I believe my head instructor could do it. I just I don't want to lose that connection, but. And then you need a, a strong bench from – so you have your, your paid staff, but then you need a strong bench underneath that with your storm team so that they can start to move into that. I have also – and I guess I'm jumping around sporadically here, but uh, I, I also have a, uh, a program director, but then I have another lady who works part-time for me. And so what's unique about it is my program director does 98% of the office work, Right. Um, and, and connecting with the people that way in the sales and what have you. But then the other thing is uh, I have this other lady that comes in and works the desk and does the same thing, per se, on Monday and Wednesday nights twofold. One, so that my program director can get on the floor and, and help teach because, uh, I, you know, I don't want her to, uh, to, lose, uh, to lose that connection as well, and plus she likes to teach. And then also Monday and Wednesday nights are our black belt classes. So that allows her to be able to go into black belt class. And I still have somebody at the desk um, who is a a former student of mine. She's a third degree black belt of mine. Um, You know, her kids still do it. She no longer wants to do it, but she still wants to be a part of the studio. So she is a pseudo program director, if you will, on Monday and Wednesday nights. Right. Hey, can I interrupt you? Because there's a lot of points you're making that I, I would like to ask questions on behalf of the listeners too, right? So, um, number one, you had said, you, you know, you're pu- you pulled yourself out. I've done that before as well, and I still have. I still teach a few days a week just like you because I want to. Um, the one thing that I think that you said that was super important was that your role changes, right? And you, the fear of whether you want, uh, you're needed anymore, right? The fear of if, if you're relevant, you know, and, and I, I felt this, right, because I go in and, you know, the kids don't know me, or I go in and the parents don't know who I am or don't really care who I am. And the one thing I think, though, you could still accomplish this kind of thing and still have you as the the main driving force where you're the master instructor and the system is developed by you um, in in a few ways. And and I've had a struggle with that where sometimes people, they run a school for me and then they, they develop their relationships with these people and the people no longer care about the relationship with the head instructor. So there's got to be a connection with you as the teacher and the student who's teaching so that he keeps driving the message home that this is all your school, that you develop the ideas, that you're the person in the head, you know, the master. So people feel connected to a higher source, so to speak. Um, they have to feel that there's a reason why this is bigger than what it really is. And I have multiple locations, so it's kind of weird because my East Isop location and my West Isop location are like two separate locations. And 
like I want them to be one location. Like I want, I mean, they're they're separate in, in in physicality, but I want them to all feel like part of the same family. And I'll give you an example. I, I do a leadership team, um, and I used to do it always at my headquarters, right? And then my other instructor, who had just recently left about a year ago, convinced me to let him do it on his own. The problem that I had was he wasn't following the lesson plan fully. Um, he had his own slants, of course, on things, and he was he cut the lesson 15 minutes short. Um, he'd tell them, don't bother, you don't have to do your homework, um, and things like that, and, and they were getting a different lesson. Now, I decided just recently to condense it all back to the headquarters again. I built it as a privilege, you know, and I said, listen, it's important for you to come and visit the headquarters, be with me and train under me so that I could train all my instructors, leadership team, to be on the same page. And then I could connect with them personally. Well, anyway, out of like the eight or ten people that we had at the other, other location for just this leadership team, um, like four of them immediately wanted to quit. Nah, we didn't want to, we don't want to come to the West Iceland, literally ten minutes away. You know, we don't want to be inconvenienced, we don't want to bother. And that tells me that there's a disconnect somewhere where they don't feel that it's a privilege and an honor, and I get that. Sometimes people don't, they just don't care, no matter how much I want them to care, they're not going to care that they're part of philosophical, um, you know, martial art, and, and they're part of something bigger. They just want to do what's convenient, and that's all it really means to them. So I'm going to say to them, if you want to quit, you can, I, you know, leadership team, obviously, and just stay at training. However, they're not going to be allowed to teach any further, because I want to know that all my teachers are on the same page. So that is a little bit of a right, for, you know, so it's, it's hard. So anyway, um, what do you think about stuff like that? You know, what's a good way for school owners to make sure that there is a connection to the to the overall, you know, the the skeleton, the, the the entire makeup, the DNA of the school. What are your thoughts? Well, and that's why personally I still go in and I I teach the you know my I teach my staff because mm-hmm. I I really believe it's important to do that. I have uh, many many meetings, if you will, with my head instructor and also my um, program director. I would say that. I probably connect with my program director at least once a day, every single day. Um, I connect with my head instructor uh, every day, uh, at least once a day as well. And so that, I would say that was the first and foremost is that I still make a connection with my, with my staff uh, in, in the staff meetings. They still, um, you know, we, they, 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 they we still look at the for the lessons. What's that? We, I think we lost you again on the Facebook Live, so we're having a little bit of a struggle with this. So we may we may want to shut it down on Facebook Live today, and maybe have people kind of come in and and try to get to the call on uh, the School Owner Club, Next Level School Owner Club, and listen to the call in its full actuality because this is going to be pretty choppy. So I don't know about you if maybe we should do that because right now I'm the only one talking. Well, I, you know what I can do? When this is done, I can give them a, a connection to uh, – I can put a link to the actual podcast. I'll clean up the podcast, and so that's not a problem. That would be great then. Okay, great. So then if you're looking yeah, at me so. right now um, sitting there by myself on the screen just listening, that's because Dwayne is talking at time. <laughs> so, well, I, yeah, and I don't know if you can you can see me now. I just tried refreshing it and, and – uh, can you see me? I can't see you yet, but let me let me refresh my screen one more time on the uh, podcast part. Uh, connect to the camera. There's me, and there you are again. Okay, I got you back. I think we're back. Let me ask some of the watch okay. the people who are on Facebook if they see it. But um, go yeah, ahead. I, and, see and, you. I I got a point.
pulled up. So uh, I have no idea what I was talking about. So. Well, you were just, I'm sorry, it's one of those days, right? Well, you were just saying, too, about, you know, um, going in, you know, teaching your instructors, making sure um, that, you know, uh, you know, that you're training them. And then we did talk, I mentioned, about really learning how to connect to, get, get the, I, I want people to, like my staff, my, my, my students, but I want the, the parents also to feel like they're part of something bigger. I, you know, I'm trying to create this, and Thinking of like what what more of it, um, you know that like what other organization where, you know, parents are connected to it, like you know where like maybe like almost like dance, right? Where you know these teams go away with their kids, or like even with you, Dwayne, with your son, and he does volleyball. Like the parents follow the kids and bring the kids, and I don't know if you guys all as a families get together or it's just bring your kids and then you take your kids and leave. But I'm I'm trying to create it where. Uh, you know, in my school, I'm not trying, I have a good portion of my people that are this way, but I want them to really feel like, hey, listen, we're connected to this, you know, 2,000-year-old martial arts style. It's Long Island Ninjutsu Centers. We're not a part of East Islip martial arts. We're part of Long Island Ninjutsu Centers, which is a, a small part, East and West Islip, but the headquarters is in West. Like, I felt privileged and honored to drive to my teacher's school in Ridgewood, Queens, and try I felt privileged and honored to drive and fly, you know, for 18 to 22 hours to Japan to be in the headquarters with my teacher from Japan. Um, there was a better, you know, connection to that. I wanted that. Not all of my students want that. I get it. Not all of the parents care about that. But I'm trying to build that model so that when I do step away, the, the school is still, a, you know, <clears throat> what do you think? Right. No, I agree with that. I, we do, uh, and this year we're starting it back up. I used to do it this way. Um, years ago, and then I w just went back to having the, uh, the, the the testings in class. But this year, I'm going back to doing the the whole testing, the whole school tests on the same day, and decided, that will allow. I just decided that. to do that too. Okay, yeah. So uh, um, you know, we're going to have the big big testing again. It'll be timed like it was before, and then everybody comes back at the same time to get graduated and move up to the next level. Uh, assuming that they passed, <laughs> otherwise we tell them don't come back. Uh, you didn't pass, you know that type of thing. But um, yeah, and and then we'll do a leadership seminar after after that. I just I like for them to be able to see that it's it's. And I I will teach the leadership seminar and or you know for my leadership team and or I'll have a special guest in. However, that's going to work, you know, depending on the on the month. But I I think that's one of the best ways that I can do in order to create that that whole atmosphere. And again, that that whole atmosphere then uh, goes back into moving people into the leadership. Like for me, moving people into the leadership program, into my storm team, eventually into being an instructor, um, you know, that type of thing. So that I have uh, always have some sort of, of of you know bench to pull from. Yeah. And it's nice. It's nice in two ways. <clears throat> One is it, it's always nice to be grooming other people. To eventually move the, you know, move them in when and if they're ready, and 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 it's beautiful because you know I have this this many people on my leadership team. Well, from my leadership team, I pull this many people to my storm team, and then you know uh, from and and I guess I should say what I'm showing on the screen here. I have my hands out really really wide, you know. So for instance, if I have 150 people on my leadership team for my upgrade or whatever, you know, I only have. 20 storm team members 
And then from those 20 Storm Team members, I only hire one or two eventually, um, you know, when I need them, or three or four, depending on the time of the year when other people are, you know, graduating high school and moving off and going to college or what have you. And the nice thing and the unique thing about us as as martial artists is we we should know who we're hiring, and we should have that standard really high. Now, so that's that's one thing. But the other thing that it does is is – not that we're trying to do this, but it should um, motivate the other individuals that work for us and go, you know, wow, this kid that's on the storm team is pretty good. You know, I better make sure that I do good as an employee so that I keep my job. Um, and that goes back to even a call that we did before on, you know, uh, are we actually really, you know, holding our, our employees to the standards that they should be held to? I know you've talked before about how, you know, you're nice and, uh, you know, I kind of told you that, you know, it's, it, you're actually not nice um, by not going after that person and saying you were late or you didn't do it this way and now there's a penalty, um, you know, that type of thing. So I, I think it's important, like I said, to one, maybe to kind of recap, one is to look at your business in such a way that you're able to sell it later, create the systems that are going to allow you the freedom, whether or not you ever want to sell it or have that freedom is your deal. Um and and it is it's it, it's scary. It's scary to not be needed. It's scary to to let go and 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 see what's going to happen. Um, and then the other thing is to always have a bench. And to add add to what you're saying too, my fear has always been, and I'll share this with the listeners, is that um, there's a few few layers of the fear. Number one is um, you will put someone in there and they're not going to be as good as you, right? So then you know people may think that the instruction has dropped, right? Or they may be better than you, and, and people might like them better than you. Like, I've had a few people that they like my instructors, the parents, they get along better. They think that I'm pompous and, and, and I rant and I'm too much of a stickler. Well, all these different things that maybe, you know, could be the thing, um, and they like them, and that's a fear, too. Like, why, you know, I'm the head instructor. I invented this. I taught them how to teach. I'm the one who taught them everything they know, mostly, until, you know, they started expanding on their own. You know, how is it that you like them, but you don't like me, you know? I'm the one who invented this school. Um, so that's another fear. And it's still my underlining fear because I, I, I know that if I stepped away, I would want my school to be able to run and a legacy to continue, right? And I read a great quote, and I think we talked about it on one of our last calls, and I don't know the quote exactly, but it said something about um, worry about who you are now, not about who you were then. You know, like a lot of us live in when I was the champion fighter, when I was the toughest you know, a guy, I could fight and win and da-da-da-da-da, or when I was looked at, you know, in the highest point when I was teaching every class and the students loved you. You know, think about now, and that's what you're talking more about. You're talking about the now, training the people to kind of take over your legacy, even if it is slightly different in their interpretation. You just want to make sure they don't, you know, get too uh, off the path, you know, veer off the path, and it's like, you know, night and day, right? You don't want your school to all of a sudden change. Unless you're willing to just kind of sell it and walk away, that's okay, right? But if it's still you're an owner and you're stepping out and you're letting people run it, you want to make sure that the lessons stay true to your, you know, integrity and honor and, and you know, your lesson plan and so on, right? So um, that's another fear. And then the last fear for me, too, is is that, um, you know, you you have those parents that are out there looking in going, 
well, I joined because of Sheehan Alley. I joined because of Master, or uh, you know, Dwayne Brummett. You know, I didn't join so that he could, my kid could train with so-and-so. And I'm having this now, an issue where, you know, people joined while that other instructor was in place at my secondary school, and now he's gone. So parents are going, yeah, but we joined because of him. And, and that bothers me, because they didn't join because of him. I'm the one who put him in there, right? I'm the one, who, you know, who built the school. They joined for the school. He happened just to be the person, you know, the 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 uh, pastor saying the message or something like that. What do you think? Right, but there is well, but there's still a human element that they have to connect to, and then that and that has to be a person. And right, I guess the the best thing that you can do, you know, for all of us is make that multiple people, uh, not right. just one person. So right. you know, I have Master Bean, who you know, people go, oh, I love Master Bean, but I also love. Master Kent and oh, but I really also like you know Mr. Snyder and you know that right. Miss Stevens man she she's you know wonderful when you need X Y Z or A B C you know what I mean so right. I, I I think that's how you cover that is it's not based upon one person but it does have to be based upon people and you're right to say that it should be the system and or and or the systems that they're joining but people don't attach themselves to a system they uh too long. You know, I, let's take it from a religious standpoint, right? Uh, people are turned off by religion, you know, but if you have a relationship, that's totally different. So if there's a, a religion that you have to follow these rules and this and that and blah, 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 uh, some people are turned off by the, the rigidness or the rules or the system, um, right. but they like the relationship aspect, you know, if that kind of makes sense. And so we have to, I think we have to be careful that, yes, our schools need to be driven by, by systems, but there has to be, you know, relationships that are involved. Now, I will say this, um, and we kind of briefly talked about this before we even started the call, and this will be a totally, maybe I'm uh, getting ahead of myself and we'll do another podcast on this, but, you know, we were talking about the fact that, you know, nowadays people, um, you know, they want to be a, uh, they want to learn martial arts, but they don't want to be a martial artist. Right, right. Um, and, that's a, and that's a whole other call, but I say that to, to, to say this. I feel that I have it maybe a little bit easier than some school owners because I run a Christian martial arts school. Now, is, is that to say that I only have Christians in my school? No, by no means. And that I only hire Christians? No, by no means at all because I, I've, I've had uh, – I, I, well, gosh, I, I have had uh, – you know, Jewish people in there. I've had, uh, I have, I even currently have Muslim people in. Um, so it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter to me. But what I'm saying is that my mission statement and my vision, um, the, the people that end up working for me almost always fall in line with that. And so, um, you know, I have a, a different purpose than, and I, I say this because I have a different purpose than just the martial arts. And so when we talked about the fact that, you know, uh, people want to learn martial arts, but they don't want to be a martial artist, becoming a martial artist is almost a, you know, or can be a religion in and of itself, um, because you want to learn the ways on how to be that martial artist. I remember that. I mean, I remember wanting to be a martial artist. And, right. you know, and you, you, you talked about, uh, you know, watching uh, one of the Bruce Lee movies this weekend with, uh, you know, with your girlfriend and your, and your daughter. And again, I don't want to give away what we're going to talk about on the next call, but I, I, I say that 
to, you know, it's important to create that vision for your school. And it goes back to what is your mission and what is your vision. And, and do, one, do you know what it is and believe in it? Two, does your staff know what it is and then believe in it? And then how do you, how do you make it in such a way that that trickles down through, um, the systems and it bleeds through your, or sweats through your own instructors and staff and, and, and members that, that it gets out to your clients? I, you know what, I, I love, I love what you're saying. And, and by the way, um, you know, I was born in, in a very religious family. My mom was from Malta, so she, she grew up in a convent. Um, I'm more of like a spiritualist, like a, adaptation of Buddhism, but I love just overall, you know, um, you know, a belief in a higher power. Um, so for me, you know, the aspects of martial arts are very much religious like like when you, when you brought that up um and and that's what sometimes bothers me about some of the students that are in my school because uh, i believe that it's it's almost like learning how to drive on a video game and never getting in the car and then just handing the kid the keys to the car and say go out and have a good time you know there's so much more to truly understanding how to drive than just the you know, the, uh, I don't know, the virtual part of it, you know, the the reality of the virtual reality rather than the actual real reality. Um, and, uh, you know, I believe that the, if people live with the lessons, they could really dig deep. By the way, we'll get into that in our next call. Um, but I believe that a lot of people miss out on that when they're not, when the parents are not knowing how much they have at their fingertips. Um, they they lose out on a lot of the lessons that they could be using to raise their children, and or an adult could use in his real day you know, life with his job, with his relationships, and so on. Um, you know, going back to you know the contingency plan, thinking about what we just talked about, um, we have to think of our martial arts system, our school, as as a culture, right? And then that's how we get the word cults, right? Because people who follow a culture, they become cult, you know, cult members. Um, but we want that not in a negative way. Everyone says, "Oh, it's like a cult," because they think of cults as bad things, like you know, you know, you know, David Jones or whatever that guy with you know Guyannisburg, Johannesburg or whatever. When he, everyone drank the Kool Aid, and you know, they think right. of cults being brainwashed. But really, like when you're in a good cult, a cult of people that are a culture that that they're all positive and they eat right and they do good things and they do the right thing. There's nothing better than that. As long as it's not a you know weird kind of thing, this is something that you right. want to involve, right? So I think that if people understood and they bought into what I call the brand, which is in my school is the culture, um, which is the cult of the the follower followers of the training of the lessons. Um, then they could really benefit. And it doesn't matter, you know, how they take those lessons and transcribe them into their regular life, right? Right, that makes sense. So, I mean, the same thing goes with our contingency plan. Like, what do we want? What did we build the picture? What do we want our school to look like when we pull out? You know, are we going to be able to step away and, and still have this entire machine grow and build. And, and it sounds like you have a great grasp with it. I have a great grasp with it, too. But, you know, I'm with multiple schools, too, and I've warned you about this. Um, it's a struggle, right? I, you said, hey, I might open up the school. I'm like, Dwayne, please just make sure you really want to do it because it's not easy because 
when someone quits, you got to do it all. You got to find coverage. You got to do when someone's out sick. Once I had three of my staff members from that one location out sick, so I'm pulling people from here to there to make it work. And and you know, uh, you know, I, I parents parents over at that location might think differently. It's it, literally we're ten minutes away from each other. My daughter um, goes to school in the town where my secondary school is, so I drive that location back and forth every day. And people actually act as if it's like in a different country to drive to the headquarters. It's literally 10 minutes, 15 with traffic moving at 30 miles an hour, you know. Um, so it's not a big inconvenience by any shape, you know, uh, or means, right? But people get so ingrained and just go into their one little place, their four walls, and um, that becomes a problem. So it's hard. It's not the easiest thing to do, but we have to have those plans in place in case something hits the fan. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And um, so, again, take a look at your everybody. Take a look at your business. Become, if you haven't already, become the type of person that wants to uh, sell your business later on, whether or not you ever want to sell it or not. But that will force you to look at your business to create those systems that are necessary. And then, uh, lastly, I was going to say um, that you, it, it's not going to happen overnight. If it takes you the next five years to do it, that's fine because you plan on, you know, you plan on teaching or being there or being a part of your school for the next five years anyhow. So it doesn't matter that it's got to be done really, really quickly. I got to, I got to do this in the next three months or something like that because that's never going to happen. It's not realistic. Um, especially if you're going to be working in the business and on the business at the same time. So just know that you, 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 you just start in steps and then you, you graduate to the next step. Now, the hard part is, and what we talk about all the time, is not knowing what you don't know. <laughs> and that's yeah. where a good coach, uh, and I'm not trying to sell our coaching program, but that's that's where a good coach will be able to steer you in the right direction. Okay, so for instance, this is what you want to work on first. This is what you want to work on second. This is what you want to work on third. Oh, wait, let's go back because, you know, you said that you worked on this second, but we really didn't complete it. So we, let's scrap the third one and complete the second one all the way before we get there, and here's why. And so um, – that's, I guess I'm going to leave that. Um, and I do want to remind everybody, you know, with regards to, and then I'll, and Allie, I'll give you the final, final thoughts, but I want to remind everybody that you can get, uh, uh, this podcast at schoolownertalk.com. You can also, um, you know, subscribe to it, uh, via iTunes and also an Android device. And I apologize for those of you that were on the live broadcast about all of the mix up here, my internet cutting out and what have you. I will put a link to the actual full po- podcast on this post so that you can get access to that. And that'll be up by the end of the day. Allie, final thoughts? Well, uh, definitely. I, I, um, you know, and it's funny, here we go. Like, I'm getting text messages from my oil company because they're trying to get into my building so that they could, you know, uh, tune the building up. And they're like, we're leaving. We're going to another job. What are you doing? And, right, so, like, we're multitasking, right? I'm running things behind the scenes as we're doing our live podcast. So I'm telling you, I'm sorry, I'm live. Be with you in two minutes. Um, it, it's funny. Um, anyway, so my last thoughts are this, is, and it's something that I think that we have to understand that it, it takes work and effort. It takes time to really develop this stuff. And, and I agree with the one thing that you said, because I think sometimes people are... Whoa, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. You only agree with one thing that I said? Well, well the last thing you said. Uh, I agree with the last thing you said. Um, <clears throat> the one thing, though, that that you said that I really like is that we don't have to have 50 different systems, right? If we have 50 systems that are working this much, 
we should scratch them until we could get one system working fully, right? Because sometimes we're just, we're, we're like, oh, I would almost call it like multitasking on systems, right? Um, and we never really get to focus. So, like, if you're busy doing this and doing that, uh, you know, when and it's not really benefiting your school, why not just do the things, the four things that are most important? That's what we talk about, by the way, in our um, Next Level School Owner Club, the program. We talk about the pillars, right, the columns that hold your business up. And there's not 57 of them. There's only a few of them, right, that are the main, you know, six or eight pillars that you could run a school off of. And um, you don't need to do anything else. Yes, you should do other things, but if you can't do those pillars fully, then why bother having 70 other things? And this is the problem with going to different seminars and different programs because, uh, you know, you, you get your brain filled with stuff. I have clients all the time that call me up and, and they get a little bit of knowledge and I'm like, oh man, did you go to that seminar? I really wish you would just stay home because now they're confused, they're second-guessing themselves, they're changing things, and they haven't gotten the one thing done that they should have. So, um, you know, anyway, I, I love what you just said, and, and listeners, please please understand that. And by the way, you should check out our Next Level School Owner Club. It, it, it's not like a, a curriculum-based program. It's, it's, we give you information on a weekly basis um, and a monthly basis, I mean, that's not overwhelming that you could add right into your school and then build upon it. Um, without getting sidetracked. And that's why we called it a club because it's a group of people with the same mentality on how they want to grow their business versus being, uh, you know, in a, uh, you know, a, uh, I don't know, uh, information library, you know, where you could just pick and choose whatever you're looking for when your brain is wandering, right? So uh, anyway, long story short, I, I mean, I think that, um, you guys should all at least check it out. And, and by the way, I think we're running like a, a special on there, you know, if you join or something like that. But uh, check it out and, and see because it could benefit you. And, and listen to what we were talking about, about your contingency plan. You know, start thinking like, what if you did get sick for a week? Who are the people, even if you don't have employees, who are the people that can maybe cover your class? Um, what if you needed help because you got busy? Who are the people that you could use? Could, if you don't have a leadership team, who could you turn to, et cetera, et cetera? And those are my closing statements. Yeah, and then lastly, I'll just say this, uh, and you, you sparked my um, an idea, and I and I had done this. Um, you know, if I knew that I was going to be in the hospital for the next 30 days, what are the most important things that I need to do now in order to make sure that my business survives so that 30 days later I still have a business? All right? Yeah. So thanks, Ali. Right. Thanks, everyone. Hey, everybody. I sorry about all the yeah. te technical difficulties. We apologize, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week.